Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. My mission is to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real life tactics, and favorite tools to inspire and empower you, mommy, to get the most out of life every single unpredictable day. So grab your headphones, tell your kids you're on the potty, and tune in weekly for some laughs, knowledge bombs, and plenty of real talk with real moms, and maybe a dad or two. Welcome to the Mommy Pod. Welcome back to Mommy's on a Call. This week, I wanna talk about distance learning kindergarten. For a lot of you out there that are lucky enough to send your kid back to school, I am jealous because we just started distance learning kindergarten. Now, we live in California and Los Angeles, so I don't see an end in sight. And the reason I wanna bring up virtual kindergarten and just virtual learning in general is there's so much more going on at home, for the kids, for the moms, and I wanna talk about it because I know we are suffering. The other night I got together with some of my mom friends and that was a big topic because a lot of us have little kids at home under the age of five, so they're not in school. And we also have an ingoing kindergartner. Starting off your kindergarten experience virtually has been very, very unique. And I know there are a lot of kids out there dealing with the same things, but what I wanna talk about is moms and dads too, but who is really suffering in all of this? Honestly, after a week of school, my kindergartner is doing all right. I think he's enjoying it. He's having fun on Zoom. It's kind of unique and new. He gets his own iPad. So I mean, what other kid after telling them no screen time, no screen time, no screen time. Wait, just kidding. You can have an iPad now because iPad is school and it's for learning. So my son is ecstatic and goes around running around showing his little two-year-old sister, look, I have an iPad. You don't. Anyway. I think they're fine, but as a parent, I think there are so many other unintended results that virtual learning has become for us. And as a mom right now, I feel like I'm a prisoner in my own home. And yeah, whether or not you have someone to help you out, whether your husband can be home, whether you have childcare, regardless of how independent your child is, this whole situation is not easy and especially if you're working parents. I seriously don't understand how dual working parents can be able to do virtual learning if both parents are working at home. If they're working out of the house, that might be different because you probably had to send your kid to some sort of daycare anyway, but if you are working at home, it's literally impossible. One of my mom friends basically said she feels like she's so emotionally drained and bored because she can't do anything. Every 15 or 20 minutes, something needs to happen at school, like switching an application or doing something asynchronous. So she needs to go over and help them. I mean, these kids are only five or six years old. So pretty much she's sitting next to her kindergartner all day while she's on, while they're on Zoom or Seesaw or whatever application they're using while she's trying to do stuff around the house while entertaining the younger kid 
but she can't really because with the little kid at home, she's just running back and forth and I get it. I'm lucky I have childcare, but I also have a six month old and two year old and keeping them occupied even with childcare is pretty hard. It's unfair to just kick the little kids out of the house all the time because they're suffering because of it. They're not getting the attention. They're not getting that either mommy or daddy time because we're so focused on making sure the older kids are getting their distance learning done. And I feel like it's creating this unnecessary siblings rivalry because of it. But instead of making this episode about complaining about all the things going wrong, I wanna transition to make this episode about what can we do in order to improve our household, in order to improve our personal emotional status, our children's emotional status, and our own mental status. Because like I was saying, even with COVID, like we're in this, nothing's changing. So instead of complaining, we have to learn how to adjust, accommodate, and live with it because this is really our new normal. So if we're gonna be doing virtual kindergarten and there's no end in sight at the moment because of where we are, what can we do to change our habits or routines, schedules, whatever that is, mindset, in order to make sure that we can make this the most successful that it could be given the circumstances. Today I'm bringing to you a conversation I had with a few of my mommy pod who all have kindergartners. We range from public to private school. One of the moms, she actually had held back her daughter last year, so her daughter is six. The other mom, her daughter's five, and my son is five. And we are all entering a different type of environment with kindergarten, so it's great. None of us are in the same class. We have different schools. So we're gonna have a discussion about what is working, what's not working, and what we think could improve. And whether or not you are distance learning a kindergartner, distance learning a fifth grader, whatever that might be, or if you're lucky enough to go back to school, I still hope that there's some tidbit of information in this that helps you, mommy, survive. Enjoy. So today I'm really excited because I'm here with my mommy pod. These girls are my like ride or die right now. Without them, I would not have survived the last, I don't know, six months of uh, hell. So anyway, I wanted to ask you guys, what was your mom win for the week? Uh, I really don't know where to go (laughs) from here. Rachel, do you have anything? Let's see. You know, my win is that my kindergartner is loving Zoom school told me that she, or I should say virtual school, told me that she prefers it to her preschool, which I don't believe her, but she thinks she does currently. And I'll take that as a win. And she wants to do it, like is excited to do it. I'll take that as my win. Is it bad that the whole time you were talking, I was trying to think of a win and I still came up with nothing? That's mom life. What was the hardest thing then of your week? If you could pick one. If I can pick one. I... The reaction of my three-year-old, so these two girls, they're three and five, they have been together nonstop for six months because we haven't had any school of any sort since quarantine started, and we are truly suffering the effects on my three-year-old with her sister in school, so my attention is fragmented, and her sister is completely occupied, who has become her only playmate for the most part, so we are really hurting on my end from just behavior and see negative attention seeking. So we're, we're really struggling this week. I'm hoping it gets better, but we are 
pretty deep underwater right now. What sort of negative attention has she been trying to grab? I would say from an acting out standpoint, doing things that she she knows she can't do, like drawing all over her skin or taking our family photos and bending them in half. We were in urgent care today because she stuck a bead up her nose. You know, it's really, it's really sad because I think she just wants me so badly that she's willing to do anything for the tension to be diverted from her sister. So it's been really rough. Rachel, how about you? You have a younger one. How is that going? Yeah, I think the hardest thing for us is just it's flipped our whole day around. So we're used to like getting up and getting out and doing something in the morning and then our afternoons are a little more chill. So I get up, work out, they eat breakfast, and then we go do something. And now we're stuck home all morning. So by noon, once my kindergartner gets off of her school day, I feel like I have to go run them basically. I mean, I have to get so much of their energy out and my three-year-old is still transitioning into not taking a nap. So she's kind of losing steam at that point in the day, but we can't stick around to do quiet time because they're sick of their toys, sick of me, sick of each other. So I think the hardest part for us is that it's been an entire day shift. And, And since they've been babies, that's been our schedule. It's like we do something in the morning and we hang out a little more at home in the afternoon. So we've had to flip flop that completely. So yeah, that's probably been the most challenging. What does your setup look like at home right now in terms of, are they in their own room studying, you know, or doing school? We're in a little bit of chaos. So we are moving houses next week because we are so sick of our walls that from quarantine that we are going to be in a new space soon where the setup will be in office. And I think that will be a lot better than current time where she's at the kitchen table. So she is in the center of the storm where it's, me trying to do things in the kitchen while her little sister is running around trying to create chaos. All while my husband is in the other room on a nine hour straight call because he works in finance. So it, you know, it feels a little bit like our version of a clown car of a house where we're all just sort of stepping on each other's toes. Everyone's hushing everybody else. You know, I do think it's going to get better when we move, but right now our setup is so far from ideal that, you know, we all really feel it for the times that my husband's working and my daughter's in school. It's just really like stepping on glass all day long of trying to just keep the noise level and keep everybody focused who's supposed to be focused. For those moms out there who may not have the situation where they can get an office or they're all working or they have multiple kids doing distance learning, Is there anything that you've tried to do to make it a little either private or to help create that environment for her? I haven't gotten there yet, but I've liked some things on Instagram where I've seen people take those science, like those science fair boards, the trifold boards. And I've seen people try to make a little bit of a partition that kind of, you know, shields the kids. That looks pretty cool. I don't know how effective it is given that we were only a couple of days in. But if I wasn't going to be moving to a, a better space, I think that would probably be my next step of trying to create this little enclosure of a classroom with these trifold boards, which looks you know, kind of interesting at least. What about you, Rachel? My daughter on her virtual classroom in our office, which is open to the rest of the downstairs, it has like two walls and then two openings, one to the kitchen, one to the living room. And then our playroom is kind of around the corner. So it's been okay. It's not ideal. My three-year-old can kind of get in there and bug her sister if she wants to, but I can keep her separate 
relatively easily. Our biggest issue is the internet. So you, Zoom doesn't work super well upstairs and we haven't been able to fix that. I've heard other people are having issues because Zoom does use a lot of internet. So we don't really have the option to have her upstairs and I can't really be running up and down the stairs all day because my little one will follow me up. My husband's working up there. He'd kind of be the first one to hear her if she was upstairs. So we have her, I moved a t- like an art table that we have into the office. So I can be kind of behind her, but out of sight on my computer, or I can be downstairs with my three-year-old. My difference from Christina is that my three-year-old's going back to preschool. So this week is not our norm, hopefully not going to be our norm. She's going to school a couple days a week. And then I have a sitter because I work one day a week. So it will really only be two days that I'm doing kind of the same juggle, but it's certainly not perfect. I didn't really want her completely isolated upstairs and I'm kind of trying to find the balance between her doing the work independently and me being available for help. I don't want to sit next to her at the dining room table the whole day because I don't think that benefits either of us. I think that she's better off missing maybe an assignment or missing an instruction and doing it mostly by herself than me being right there. But it's hard for me not to get involved if I hear everything. So it's still for sure a juggle for us. Because if I'm at my computer, I'm micromanaging what she's doing because I'm right there. But if I'm in the other room, sometimes she comes in crying. Like, I can't get onto this other app that I'm supposed to be on. Or it's my turn and I can't unmute my microphone. We actually had that same issue today, Rachel, where she was a little bit, Reagan was a little bit on her own today. And she did not properly hear the instructions. So there was immediate tears that she felt lost. She felt confused. She felt like she wasn't being engaged. And we had to try to do a little bit of detective work and see what was going on at the time on the Zoom class to try to get her caught up. But the reaction was so fast that she felt lost and upset that it it really becomes problematic so you you do need to be available because those things are happening really pretty often and they're only five years old i was gonna ask can she ask the teacher because i know for us like the instructions played and then chase was like i have no idea what's going on i had to go i mean this might sound kind of creepy but he's in his room and he has a nest cam because his baby sister's in there too so i literally went on the nest cam rewound it and like listened in to try and figure out because we tried to give him that independence but it's really hard when they have no idea or they like miss that thing if you guys can just ask your teacher like can you repeat that so i think we could i am trying really hard to stay out of it because i don't think that a little bit of learning the hard way with a little bit of anxiety is going to hurt her in terms of like moving forward and future grades. I'm really okay with her struggling a little, as long as it's not making her, her experience horrible and making her not want to go to school. But an, but an example on our end would be, she's supposed to do something called rainbow writing and she didn't listen. The teacher must've explained it two or three times. Neither of us really caught what it was. I think what it is, is like going over the same letter, tracing it in multiple colors. That's what I think it is. That's not what she thinks it is, my daughter. And so she's doing it every time they do, you know, they're doing every letter of the alphabet. So they started at A, they're now at F or something. And they trace one side and then color the other side. Well, she colors the one side beautifully with tons of detail, but I'm pretty sure she's supposed to be tracing the flip side like six times and she's only doing it once and she's coloring in the circles. And it's too late to ask the teacher, frankly, I'm embarrassed to ask her at this point, but the reality is nobody's seeing this work. It's not graded. Ours isn't being turned in. Maybe other people's are. They hold up their work when they're done so the teacher can make sure everyone has like 
attempted it. But my feeling is if she thinks she's following the directions, because she's not goofing around and like playing toys and not listening. If she thinks she's following the directions and she's tracing it once, she can write all her letters. It's not the end of the world, which is hard for me. I'm controlling and I want all her work done perfectly, but I'm like doing my absolute best to step out of it. So let's dive into that mommy feeling. So your kids seem to be reasonably doing well at it. And I think most of this is really affecting us as moms. So tell me a little bit about what emotions and how are you feeling and what are you doing to actually cope with this? That's hard. I mean, we all went into this. So we we all left school in March and I don't think any of us thought that we would be in this position to go back to school, not in person for kindergarten. I mean, entering a new school, entering an entire new phase of life virtually without any real connection. I think so much of the disappointment has been on my end of what I think that the kindergarten experience was supposed to be this very wonderful kumbaya entree into the academic world that I'm personally sad she's missing but she doesn't know any better. So she's still relatively excited. She wants to engage with her teachers and with her peers. So I, I think what we've done to try to manage expectations is we know she's clearly not super happy with the situation. So we've tried to say things like there's lots of fun things about Zoom school. You still get to see your friends. You get to do the work. You get this teacher who is so proud of the work you're doing But we're very clear, at least in our house, that this is not school. This is not the school experience. So that if she does feel disappointed and she feels a little let down by what the process is, that when she does go to school, she's going to have this amazing connection with these people in this amazing, magical place that this is so different. So at least for us, we have not tried to play up that, you know, virtual school is great because I think even at five, she knows that that's probably not really true. But we have tried to talk up that this is really temporary and is going to get better. But honestly, most of the disappointment is in my own heart. And I can't relay that to her. That's so unfair because she just doesn't know any better. Yeah. So I think that a couple of things. I think for me, it's definitely me, not her. I totally agree with Christina. She doesn't have any clue what she's missing. She went to a completely play-based preschool that was almost entirely outside. This was going to be different for her anyway, going to a public school classroom. My daughter's also a whole year older. So we redshirted, held her back, however you want to describe it, which I think has been a blessing for us because she really can pay attention. She's fine being on Zoom for three hours. We are also not treating it like school. What I kind of did in my head is divided it up. So school serves three purposes, academic, social and child care. So for me, I decided to keep her enrolled in public school and do this online school in the hope that we might go back, which I don't know how realistic that is, but also because I believe in our public school system and I want her to go to our neighborhood school. So in my mind, virtual learning is just the academic part of her day. That three hours is the academic part of her day. That doesn't count as social interaction. She is also in a pod that starts next week in the afternoons, and it's three hours, two days a week. It's with a couple kids from her class and a couple kids from the other kindergarten class. Christina's daughter is also in that pod. I think that for me is like keeping the social end of it. And honestly, again, this is all for me. I think she needs the social interaction, but she doesn't know these things exist until we put her in them. 
True. I didn't even think about that. Like all of this disappointment we always talk about, I forget that they don't know any better. They've never been in kindergarten. To them, this is all normal. And it's not like their friend is going to school. It's like everybody's in the same boat. But I just feel like I'm wondering as like moms, are we like projecting on them? Like, are we making them feel, I guess that's my own mom guilt. When I get frustrated or I have anxiety about things, is Chase feeling that? And so he's getting frustrated because of me. And do I need to change what I'm doing? Or yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) I'm sure to some extent they are. I mean, the first day of kindergarten, I had a hard time because I had a hard time telling what was like sad that my first child's going to kindergarten normal emotions and sad that we're living in this time emotions. I think I kept that pretty separate from her, but I think she does pick up on my anxiety. Like this morning, our teacher didn't log in because her internet was down. And when we finally got her logged in, like 45 minutes later, it was not a big deal. We could have missed the day and it wouldn't have mattered. And she had a really hard morning transitioning back onto the computer after we had like set her up in front of the computer. The internet didn't work for the teacher. I let her go play Legos, brought her back to the iPad. And I think for her, yeah, she could sense that I was like, oh my gosh, why isn't the Zoom up and running? Why is the teacher 40 minutes late? So I think they sense it from us. But again, they don't, they're so much more resilient than we give them credit for. Like they're just living in a historic time. They're never going to remember because they don't have a frame of reference. Some say kindergarten is the worst year for this to happen. I think to me, it'd be so much worse if they knew what school was like. Like this is public school. I was going to say, why do you say that kindergarten is the worst year for this to happen? So my preschool teacher actually said she feels the most sorry for the kinder parents and the kinder students because it's so hard to get any real level of the school experience across the computer for the kids that young. My feeling on it is it is if your goal is for the school portion of the day online to be their social fulfillment, but I'm not counting on that. So I'm making other arrangements and not everybody has that luxury. Right. And I've actually heard a lot of pods are falling apart, but I think it's mainly learning pods. So I know someone who just went through that with their first grader, had this whole setup, everything. And a week and a half in, it's just, it's literally crumbling because everyone has different schedules and different assignments and different things. And it's just not working. Well, I think when we talk about pods, we're probably, I'm probably not using the term completely accurately. I'm thinking of it as an exposure pod, meaning these are six kids that she was mostly in preschool with that are all now in this, live in the same geographic location, but don't go to the same school. And we're just doing it socially. The pods where people actually withdraw their kids from public school and hire a teacher. That's a whole different ball game. Right. The learning pods. And those are the ones right. where I think a lot of people decided not to do independent study and they decided to stay enrolled, but they're all in different classes. I mean, you two are in the same kindergarten, but different classes and you're doing dramatically different things. We could never have done it together. Yeah. I would say what's really interesting is we're in the same school, but different classes and how different the experience is. I will say the teacher is amazing and her energy is really good, but we are not doing any asynchronous time. So it is a really long block from 830 in the morning till 1015, a 30 minute break, and then 1045 to noon. And we go the full time. You know, there are brain breaks in between, but for a five-year-old, you know, a five-year-old who turned five in May, so a relatively on the younger side for kindergarten, it's definitely a, a pretty long day. And then we have had homework on Seesaw every night. And not that it's, you know, geometry, but it's 
maybe two worksheets and a sorting activity, or we had to go on a nature walk or we had to draw a picture, but there it's really difficult when we have this really long block of three hours in the morning. And then we still have to remember to do an assignment later on when it feels like we're sort of free for the day and then we're not really free. And and really it's on the mom, it's on you or whoever's caretaking, whoever is doing that. And what's more frustrating is a lot of the times the assignments are still on technology when I am just so ready for her to be done with a screen and then I have to re-engage a screen later on does not feel developmentally appropriate for a kindergartner. Right. Is there anything that you are trying to do right now to keep yourself sane? Not well enough, clearly. No, no. Yeah, it's a good thing this is not a, a visual uh, meeting that you're recording right now or else that would be rough. <laughs> but what I think has become apparent is, you know, you risk a level of exposure to get help and help is quite literally the only way you can do anything for yourself. So we do have a babysitter that comes twice a week in the afternoon. But that time, I'm so fried by the time we get there that I don't even know that I necessarily enjoy it the way that I should. I I try to cram in errands or the gym because I feel like I'm supposed to, but I, I personally don't feel like I'm doing enough for myself right now. And I was actually thinking about that with being stuck at home because it's almost worse. You can't leave the house because your kid is doing kindergarten and they're not old enough to stay by themselves. They're not in high school where you can leave them in their room and it's great. But like even having to run to the grocery store in the morning, I realized I I can't leave the house because who's going to stay with him. So it's almost even worse than quarantine. And I haven't figured out really a schedule to make that work yet. I don't know if you guys have any great schedules or tips, but I have not gotten in a routine yet. That's been the hardest part for me is being stuck at home and not being able to like, I can't even take the kids and go over to like, my parents are local, go over to my parents' house unless I pack them up and get there by 8.30 in the morning. Um, And one of the things I just wanted to go back to about Christina saying with the babysitter, it reminds me so much of having your first baby and you get like 45 minutes that you put them down for a nap. And you're almost so fried, you just stare at a wall. My husband used to come home and I'd be nursing without the TV on or anything. And I mean, I'm talking when I had a really little baby, like I was not not turning the TV on for the baby. And he would be like, do you want like your phone or a book or the TV? Because you're just so fried, you're almost frozen in indecision what to do with any second of downtime. That's such a good analogy. It is like being stuck with a newborn. (laughs) And you're bored and challenged in a horrible way. Like you're physically exhausted and you're also horribly bored and kind of overwhelmed, but not really overwhelmed for any reasonable reason. I mean, you know, it's still life should be manageable, but it's just this weird. Plus you're imprisoned in your house the way you were when you had a newborn because it was just too difficult to go anywhere and do anything. But now you are a slave to the tablet or the laptop because you have to be there. And the fear aspect, the fear aspect and the unknown aspect that you have never done it before and don't know when it's going to stop or go away and don't kind of don't know what to do with yourself and have no frame of reference because whether it's a virus or being a brand new parent, you just don't, it's nothing, nothing you've done before. Although I kind of hope it's like having a newborn because after the third newborn, it's pretty easy. 
So I'm hoping well, what's it, it that, gets the easier. Third year? I was going to say, what's your implication there, Steph? I'm just saying I have my third newborn at home. Well, she's not a newborn anymore, but I'm saying like having your third kid, things get easier. So hopefully, I don't know. I'm trying to make an analogy. It's not really I'm comparing it to I'm comparing it to only your first child. If we have to get to COVID-22 before I'm over it, I'm not okay. (laughs) Guys, I won't be here for that if that's the case. (laughs) I know. I can't even think of if we went back to kindergarten, like what I would do. I feel like I it'd be really awkward. Today, I was t- telling someone, I'm not even sure I want to go back in the capacity that I think we'll go back. Like if we go back at all, is it going to be one day a week for two hours masked with plexiglass between them? You know, there's, we kind of get this focus on like the next step or, you know, if we get to go back and I'm just not even sure. I mean, you could spiral on that, but <laughs> I'm not even sure what that means. I don't know what I'm hoping for, I guess. Well, I guess I was going to say, is there any gratitude or any good things that have come out of having your kindergartner at home right now? I'm really thankful that I live in a comfortable house, don't work a full-time job. I'm able to do this. My husband is home and is helpful and is capable. And I... I love that I'm getting this extra time with her. I think I'll look back and be happy that I had an extra year with her. It's really hard for me right now to, to do the whole, oh, we get to keep her home another year because developmentally, I don't think she should be home right now. She should be at school, but I know that I am getting time with her that I wouldn't otherwise get. And I think that's the bright side of it. And hopefully we're not, you know, scarring her sister in the meantime. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, similar to that. So I worked in advertising for 12 years until my second child was born and then decided to be a stay-at-home mom. And I was talking to my husband the other day. I physically can't imagine what I would do if I was still working full-time. I was doing 50 to 60 hours a week and traveling But even in a COVID world, I'd still be working really long hours from home. And I have to give tremendous credit to the moms who are making working from home, you know, both parents working from home and homeschool and toddlers. I I don't know how they're they're doing it in one piece, but I am really grateful that we are moving to a new house where I'll have a little bit more space and hopefully sanity. I'm grateful that my husband, while his job keeps him pretty occupied during the day, he can sort of pitch in if I really need him to. And like bead support? <laughs> right. Yeah, like, like urgent care visits? Yes. I mean, today, I don't know what I would have done if he wasn't home to watch the kindergartner while I had to go take the three-year-old to urgent care. I, I don't know what I would have done. I would have had to shut Reagan off of kindergarten and drag them both to urgent care during a pandemic. So I am really grateful for that. I'm also really grateful that if Ryan wasn't here, I probably could have asked one of you ladies. I think one of the things I'm most grateful for in general in this is finding you know this neighborhood group of moms that we've made into this pod that has truly been the lifeline of all of this. And I know some moms who have been too nervous to really extend outside their very small bubble of their house, and they're the ones who are suffering. So, I mean, my biggest advice would be, it really does take a village. And if you can create even that small village to have somebody to lean on when you need help, especially with this 
virtual schooling stuff, I, I think I would be in a much worse place without it. I think that's actually a good point is to make those relationships with people in your class too. I mean, even with our teacher in preschool, she said that our class was the closest she's ever been to a class. And I think it's because there was so much parent teacher involvement, but also like as a mom, I got to know a lot of the other moms in the class just because we were all going through this together and we would text each other or email. And I feel like that's kind of a blessing is you get to meet other people and then try and create those relationships and really foster those because we're all going through it together. So thank you guys. I hope you enjoyed meeting two of the five of my crazy mommy pod group. We get together every week or so and talk about different subjects over wine and craziness. Between the five of us, we have 12 kids ranging from the ages of six months to seven years. So I'm really excited to bring some conversations with them to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time. 